Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are doing well. Are, are you guys like me that you ate way too much? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I absolutely. definitely overate yes. as normal for Thanksgiving, but had a great time. Well, we're continuing our series today, asking for a friend. And I thought, you know what? Let's conclude this series, not just with me answering questions, but with all of our campus pastors mm-hmm. answering questions. So real quick, I want to introduce all these guys. Many of you know your campus pastor, but maybe you don't know other campus pastors. So starting over here, we've got Pastor Nick. He pastors our Rockport Fulton campus. Say hello, please. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a radio interview What's up, here, Rockport? right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Got Pastor Evans, our newest campus pastor out at Rodfield. Glad to have you here, man. What's up, Rodfield? I love it. I love it. Pastor Chad is Padre Island. Shout out, Church Unlimited Padre Island. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Pastor Chad, we love you, man. Doing a great job out there. Pastor Marcus pastors our broadcast campus. Yeah, good to see you guys. Uh, love that I'm your campus pastor. That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> pastor Marcus Brenning. That's right. I always like to do the accent. And, of course, on the end here, we got Mr. Stone Oak right here, Pastor Paul. Hey, guys. So excited to be here today. Well, look at that radio DJ yeah. voice yeah. that we just had right there. So. All right. Well, here we go. Let's just dive right in. We've got lots of questions to cover. Here's our first question. It's a great one. How do I overcome addiction? Oh, man, I feel like... This is probably perfect for me. Okay. So uh, for those of that don't know, you know, I struggled with addiction for many years of my life until I was 25 years old. And uh, I think a 12-step program is great, mm-hmm. but I, I never actually went to 12-step. Wow. You know, what, what really changed my life was coming here. Huh. A- and one thing that I think is very important when you think of addiction is you're chasing something. You're, you're trying to find something that you're, you're lo- you've lost or that you don't have. Mm. And, and it's very important for me was to replace my addiction with something new. So whenever I got to this church, you know, I got into a life group. I started serving. I started getting accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my life verse has become Matthew 6, right? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added on to you. Wow. See, I think I was chasing something that I didn't have, and I just needed to find it in Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I got to this church and started serving, getting life groups, uh, and have people that are like-minded, yeah, it helped change everything for me. That's incredible. That's, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Now, I know you've dealt with that too, Pastor Chad. Tell us how, because your story's a little different. And I want to point out too that, you know, when I love the fact that your miracle happened, you came here, church, that was it. Yeah. But some people's miracles slower. Absolutely. Other people's miracles, like, hey, I got to go to the 12 step or get counseling and yeah. even go into rehab. So the, you, either way can be a miracle story. Absolutely. You know, but I love the fact that you, I love how you said you replaced basically since yeah. you alcohol with, I'm going to seek the Lord first instead. So, Chad, what was your story? Well, my story was, you know, you asked me this question, it's been a few years ago, about how I was able to overcome addiction, and so this is a, a perfect question, uh, but what it's similar to Nick's in, in the fact that um, every time these doors swung open here at church, uh, we were here, whether yeah. it was on Sunday, whether it was coming up during the week, we also started, uh, we really dug into uh, to serving, like Nick said, um, life groups. We began to, instead of tipping God, we started tithing. Yeah. And in that, we also, I mean, it started with prayer, right? Mm-hmm. It was something that I didn't want to continue to live with, the addiction. Um, so um, started praying and, and claiming freedom from the addiction. Yeah. And, yeah. and letting, you know, opening that up to where I said, alcohol, pornography, drugs, they are not going to define me and I'm going to take control of my life again. So good. And um, it was through this church that helped me to be able to overcome that addiction and just decided, hey, I I don't want to live like this anymore. And I know that God has a better purpose for my life. And um, I want to encourage people out there because my life verse is Galatians 6, 9. It says, uh, do not grow tired or weary 
of doing what is good and what is right for at the proper time you will reap a harvest mm -hmm. and the key words is if you do not give up so, and yeah. so do not give it's up good. yeah if you if you fall get back up yeah. um and just get plugged into a church find good accountability partners yeah. pray and ask god to take away um, that addiction yeah. and that struggle that you are going through. That's good. And, that's and as you're praying, you know, I love this fact. And I want to speak to this about you, Chad, because when you say you were here when the doors were open, I mean, every time the doors were open, Chad was here. Isn't that true? Yeah. We all know, because yeah. we've all known Chad as a volunteer before we yeah. knew him as a pastor. Yeah. And I mean, man, you weren't just serving. You were serving the 830, the 10, the 1130. It was like you were serving all day. And I think that's a real key that most people don't realize with addicts is that you got to fill your time up. Yeah, Amen. Absolutely. If you don't fill your time up with good things, it will destroy you because yeah. that's really where the devil gets you is that extra time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love how you, you know, both you, Nick, you, anytime there's something going on, you were here. The church became your life, absolutely. your lifeline. Yeah. And that's such a critical part of this. And so I love that too, because, you know, I just want to encourage everyone to realize that we're talking about two pastors on our staff here, mm -hmm. great yeah. leaders. They lead yeah. their own campuses respectively. And yet, you know, here they were, they were completely addicted to substances, to alcohol, yeah. to porn. I mean, think about that. So where are you? Like, oh, God can't turn it around. Really? Because y'all probably didn't think God could turn around with you either. And here you are, both great fathers and husbands and leaders and pastors. Yeah, great. And so what a what a great story it is. I love that. And that really is an essence of who Church Unlimited is right there, yeah, is that we really absolutely. are people that God has just changed our lives, regular people. Yeah. So I yes, love that, man. Absolutely. Love your stories. Great, great question. So here's another one. This is a great one. Uh, someone asked, I have a loved one that is resistant to God. What do I do? That's, that, that's a great question. I, I'll, I'll jump in on, on that one. I think the the simple answer is is love them yeah, the way that Christ yeah. has called for you to love them. Mm -hmm. But I would also say that's the hardest thing to do as well right. when it's a loved one mm -hmm. that's resilient because we love them so much. We mm -hmm. want them to come to know Christ. And so what we often find yeah. ourselves doing instead of loving them, we argue with them, mm -hmm. you know, but but truth be told, I've never met anyone that was that was able to argue someone into faith in Christ. That is a good word. But, good. but I've met plenty of people that were able to love on their resilient mm -hmm. loved ones through literally loving on them the way that Christ has called them to do so. And through that, doors opened up, greater conversations took mm -hmm. place, and then salvation eventually came. But this isn't like a... 30-minute episode on TV, like a 30 no. minutes and it's going to happen. No. Like it's, this is a season. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. Takes, it takes time. And, and I think even, even Paul writes this in, in 2 Timothy um, chapter 2. He's getting out the big book. Am, man, it's in English as well. Yeah, let's go. Um, and so, but in, 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 chapter, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, it says, And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful, those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And I just think wow. that's what that's, good. that's what you do when you have a resilient loved one. You just you love on them, you mm -hmm. encourage them, you pray for them, you fast for them, yeah. you speak life over them. And and literally, I really do believe that eventually salvation will yeah. come to that loved one. You know, it's hard about Marcus is our, our relatives know how to push our buttons, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Like they're the ones Absolutely. that can be like, oh, that just made me so yeah. mad. So it's easy, you know, in your anger, because they know the things that really tick you off to yeah. say. And that's why I think that what you said about being kind, you got to just make a choice to say, I'm going to lead with kindness. Yeah. Over no matter how I feel, no matter how mad they make me, I'm just going to be loving and kind. Because yeah. I know my father was that way. He was a resistant. Yeah. 
a person to the gospel, but my mother just loved him and was mm. encouraging to him. And yeah. eventually he came to his own conclusion. Yeah. It wasn't forced on him. Like I, I need Christ. Yeah. And so, but it takes a while. It it, it, it does. And I think as well, sometimes people get yeah. discouraged when they're not the ones that God uses. Yeah. But it may be that you're yeah. there just to plant the seed. Yeah. And then God will bring someone yeah. else in and they'll water that seed mm -hmm. that you've planted. And then mm -hmm. God will bring someone else in and that Amen. person will be yeah. the person yeah. that brings your loved one into yeah, salvation. Right. So be okay so, with that, that God uses okay. other people. It might not yes. just be you as yes. using. you have to be okay with that. Yeah, be okay with that. This is a great yeah. question. The second question that kind of goes with this, actually, Marcus, I think you can speak to as well. But what if you have someone that isn't just resisting God, but they are out of control? Because I know, Marcus, part of your story yeah. is that you you really kind of got, you just went yeah. wild. And you're, I did. And you're, a, you're a pastor's son. Yeah. You kind of partied and yep. got into the hip-hop scene. Tell, tell us about that and what how did God get a hold of you when you were really out of control? Yeah. Yeah, again, it goes back to honestly, my mom and dad just loving on me, praying for me all the time and in the background and and me not knowing. Um, but yeah, being involved in in the in the nightlife scene was was a big part of my life and uh, doing doing what I wanted to do. Um, and then it really was it was not understanding that my life was actually going nowhere. It didn't matter how many nights of the week I went out, how much alcohol I drank. It just there was no substance to it. Yeah. And so eventually I, I went back to church, went back to my dad's church. And it was literally on that day that there was a guest speaker there and the message that he spoke just literally penetrated my heart. And, and that was it. And that wow. happened at 21 years old. And wow. I've never, never looked back since. Yeah. Um, and so when someone's out of control, it's the same thing. You just, you love on them, you pray for them. Yeah. And I'd encourage you with this is, my experience in ministry has been those that are, are showing the greatest resistance towards God are also the closest to his salvation. That's good. It's just a, it's just a matter of time. That's good. So, That's good. That's a good word. I love that. Yeah. So you went and you were in the hip hop scene. Yes. And then you, of course, became a Christian hip hop yes. artist after yes. that. Yeah. Toured, yeah. came to the United States, yes. eventually yeah. met your wife. Yep. It's yeah. a great story. I what, love what that. What was your pastor name or your hip hop yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Well, come on. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love this. Tell us. It's great. Uh, it was uh, it was Mark Chaos. Mark, Mark Chaos. Yes, yes. And so, thankfully, it's not on Spotify or anything. Yeah. So, so whenever you can, so whenever you can, church, just right. call him Mark Chaos. He'll, <laughs> he'll respond to that as well. I love that nickname. It's incredible. We've actually had him rap one time uh, for staff, staff, and that was awesome. Yeah. It was actually yeah. really cool. So I love yeah. that. That's great. So good you know, stuff. I, I want to touch on that a little bit because you know, one thing that I've found with people that are resistant to God in my life is because they they look at me and say, "Well, we know how you are." Or how you mm. used to be. Yeah. So yeah. they they don't see the change in me. But like you said, I have to realize that God's going to use what He's done in me, and mm -hmm. maybe someone else will reach them. But as long yeah. as I continue to be the example, yeah. I know eventually God's going to get their heart. Yeah. 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 That's and, good. and also, what you were talking about with with somebody who might be resistant, mm -hmm. um, I think it's very easy to have a natural bent towards wanting to argue. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we we have a natural bent to mm -hmm. just want to be confrontational. So I think choosing to love even through that yeah. is, is a choice. We have to make a choice to do that yeah. because it's Absolutely. very easy to feel angry and upset. Yeah. And we just want to argue consistently all the time, yeah. but making a choice, mm -hmm. even if you have to do it every day when you wake up in the morning to say, yeah. you know what, 
whoever this is, I'm going to love this person. Yeah. I'm going to care about this person. Yeah. And I'm going to choose to make the decision to love them and show them how Christ. And how sometimes in that yeah. situation, that is what that person yeah. is looking for. They want you to, mm-hmm. fo- as a Christian, yeah. they want you to fall short and to argue with them mm-hmm. to say, yeah. oh, you're not as Christian as, as you seem to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so they're looking for that opportunity. So you, it's so important to just yeah. be kind and, and love. I, I agree with them. Well, it just kind of it's like when you argue, they they dig their heels in. Right. It's like when you don't argue with them, when you're just loving, they kind of pull their heels out. Like, okay, I can trust this person, and then they're more open to change. That's a good Absolutely. word. Yeah. So, Pastor Bill, I actually have a question for you. We get this all the time. Okay. Are dinosaurs real? Oh, whoa, this is out of left field right there. Okay. No, it's a great question. I actually do get that question a lot. Yeah. And so a lot of kids come up to me and ask that question because they're in school. Of course, they talk about dinosaurs and that kind of thing. But adults do ask that question a lot. So because it is a big question, um, I knew that was coming. I got some verses on it because people are like, there's no way it's in the Bible. But it is in the Bible. It's actually a, yeah. a lot of places in the Bible. So I was going to read a couple of scriptures. I mean, I figured Marcus is pulling out the big book I should do, yeah. right? <laughs> Job 40 actually mentions it. It says, take a look at behemoth, which I made just as I made you. It eats grass like an ox. See its powerful loins and its muscles of its belly. Its tails is as strong as, its tail is as strong as a cedar. The sinews of its thighs are knit tightly together. Its bones are tubes of bronze. Its limbs are bars of iron. It's a prime example of God's handiwork, and only its creator can mm. threaten it. So if you if you look at that description that I just gave you, Leviathan essentially is, is considered the sea monster. Uh, it's found uh, in, in Scripture, but also this is the behemoth here. And uh, it says its tail is like a cedar. That would match up with a, bronchiosa- a bronchiosaurus, excuse me, or a diplodocus. And so both of those dinosaurs actually have the long cedar, like basically like a tree trunk tail. Mm-hmm. And so right here in Scripture, there's some more verses too. I was going to mention a couple more. Um, here's one here. Let me let me just read another one here. This is Psalms 104. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ship sailing along and the Leviathan, which you made to play in the sea. Yeah. And so basically that would be the sea monster, also mm-hmm. called the dragon in some translations. But essentially, again, a dinosaur, great example of that. Yeah. So the question people have is, like, if you want to get really scientific about it, okay, well, so, but scientists say, you know, they're from millions of years ago. Well, I disagree. Uh, and you can disagree with me. It's okay. There's Christians that disagree on this. Mm-hmm. But even in North America, they have found a dinosaur tracks um, and actual bones with alongside man's uh, tracks as well. Mm-hmm. So why would that be together if man was only created about 6,000 years ago? Then if the dinosaurs are millions of years old, then why would their tracks be side by side? Mm-hmm. So I believe that's evidence that actually dinosaurs are much younger than we think. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons mm. why they think they're older is because of sedentary levels, basically, in the ground. Yeah. But sedentary levels, the only thing that changes those rapidly is a flood. Yeah. 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 Well, there was a biblical yeah. flood. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I believe that is an indication that it wasn't millions of years ago. I think it was thousands of years ago. Yeah. And then the, the next question people ask is, well, were the, then were dinosaurs on the ark? I believe they were. And the reason why is because it says that two of every kind was on the ark. Mm. But much like elephants today, we've had to actually put laws in place, international laws, to keep them from becoming extinct. Mm. Um, there obviously wasn't laws back then for that, so they probably just were killed off. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and either either of course the flood killed almost all animals except for the two by two in the ark. Yeah. And then the uh, the dinosaurs were very large targets, so easy to kill off. I mean, even though of course if they had you in their grasp, you would immediately be killed by it. But because of the size 
man could team up on and kill him very quickly. So that's my belief on that. Again, some people differ in that. So I want to say as a Christian, you can you can believe differently in that. I don't want you to think yeah. that you have to have an old earth or a young earth view. I believe in a, a younger earth, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe there are scriptures supporting that, uh, a 6,000-year-old earth. Having said that, some people say, I think the, the earth was older. Genesis 1 speaks of a rock that God took to form the earth with. Mm. That rock could have been millions of years old. So we really don't know on that, and I can see it going either way on that. But clearly in the Bible, there were dinosaurs yeah. all yes. throughout. All right, so here's the next question. Can I give my time and talent instead of a tithe to God? That's a great question. I think um, you know it's it's definitely great to serve. Mm-hmm. I, I would always say uh, you know the Bible's clear about serving, but it's also clear about living a a blessed life. A generous person will prosper, mm-hmm. and so it's very important uh, to support the work of God and also to uh, just put God first in your finances. And the Bible's clear that when you do that, um, He will bless your life. And so I think it's yeah. very important to serve, but I also think. Uh, tithing is is equally as important in that in that as well. That's a good word. It's you know it's easy to be resistant to it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's easy to kind of think it's kind of, it's easy to kind of justify. You know, people justify that give a lot. Well, I don't really need to serve because I give so much. Or people that that serve a lot can justify the opposite. Like, well, I don't really need to give because I'm here all the time. Yeah. And so, but essentially, if you're not careful, what you're really saying is because the Bible's clear that the first tenth is God's. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, if you never give that, but yet you you make it up in your in your mind as serving, you're mm. you're kind of billing God. Yeah. And it's just that's you know that's not what God's word says. It says to tithe and to yeah. serve. I encourage people too. And Pastor Marcus, I mean, we've all been there when it's like yeah. it's tight financially. Yep. You know, yeah. right now it's a tight time. I understand yeah. the economy is kind of crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, I would tell people, just take one step of faith. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think for me, you know, God, God wants everything. He wants your time, your talent, and your treasure. That's right. You know, um, and, and I know for Christina and I, when we first got married, you know, things were, things were tight, but we never stopped. We never stopped mm-hmm. tithing, mm-hmm. you know, and we've seen God do some amazing things mm-hmm. in our lives through, through that obedience. I go back to... To Matthew 6, 21, that says, For for where your for where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. Yeah. Or for where your treasure is, there your heart will also there be. You go, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. You got I was way. like, wait, I just said that wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, for yeah, so for where your treasure is, there, there your heart will will yeah. also be. Yeah. And and I think as Christians, sometimes we think, oh, God wants, God wants the first 10%. Yeah, he does, but we have to understand that. God actually gave you the whole hundred percent first. Yeah. Right. Like right. he blessed you with the job that, that you got. Yeah. He gave you the talent that you have so that you could to, get the job, get the that, job. Have, no right. that you have. Yeah. And so in essence, what he's asking back is, hey, just honor me with that that yeah. first 10%. Keep 90, yeah. just honor me with the first 10%. Yeah. And it goes back to what Jesus did on the cross. You know, he gave yeah. us his all. Mm, Jesus yeah. went all in for us. And so why wouldn't we want to go all in for him. That's a good word. Yeah, I would just help someone who's nervous about that. Well, okay, you know what? Let me. What would you guys say? Well, to someone who's scared to do it, what would you say? I'll say this because tithing was the last thing that I got. Mm-hmm. My wife is infinitely smarter than me, and, and I remember <laughs> we were we were attending church, we were serving, we were in life groups, we were doing everything except tithing. It didn't. The math didn't add up in my head. I'm gonna give you ten percent, and somehow yeah. I'm gonna be blessed. And you, you're a finance guy. And I was too. a finance guy. I was, yeah. I was an advisor. So uh, I was like, it just does the. ROI is not, it doesn't compute. And my wife, literally, we're on the 28th of the month. It was March. And she said, we have X amount of dollars in our account. That's what our tithe should have been for the last three months. We're giving it all. 
And I was like, Erica, we will have $0 in our account. We won't be able to pay our rent in three days. Like, what do you, like, I don't. And she was like, this is what we're doing. We need to do it. And I said, okay, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust God because you're right. We should be doing this. Uh, literally in the next three days, I made more money in sales than I had the previous three months. And from awesome. that point on, I was like, I'm never not tithing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> never awesome. not tithing. Isn't that a great story? Yeah. How many of you guys awesome. have a story sim- from yeah. 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 When you yeah. finally did it and you're like, you've got to yes. be yeah. kidding yeah. me. Like how yeah. God came yeah. through. Time after time. I think the, time. the temptation, like you were mm-hmm. saying, is when things get tight to not give. You know, right. it's yeah. even if we're serving consistently, it's like, sure. hey, this month is a little tight. We, we don't want to give. But, mm. you know, when people come up to me and they say, you know, pastor, I, I really feel far from God. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I haven't really been hearing him. I always ask three questions. Are, are you in church? Yeah. Are you around people? Right. Are you reading your Bible? And then I ask, are you tithing? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because it is about money, but more more than money, it's about obedience. It's, it's good. Just yeah. about, it's good. about being obedient yeah. to God. Yeah. And f- yeah. because there's something very, very special when you're being obedient and you're listening and you're, and you're paying attention to what God mm-hmm. has for you. Yeah, there's something special about that, and you will see that ROI like you were talking about oh, every yeah. single yeah. time yeah. when you're just consistently obedient. It's yeah. just that's a good story, word. stories after story. And yeah. my life, yeah. my wife and I's life, just being obedient in that. It's good. Yeah, yeah. it's a good word. Good. So true. Here's the next question. This is a great one. Someone asked, "I want to be in ministry. What is the first step to do that? Like, what should I do?" Yeah, I'll jump in right here. Okay. I, I think. Uh, the first thing that you need to do if, if you want to be a ministry is, first off, I think we need to define what ministry is for you. So mm-hmm. let me explain, okay? So okay. I think that if ministry for you is working on ch- working at a church, mm-hmm. on a staff, uh, in, in a building, I think uh, the first thing that you need to do is volunteer. Mm-hmm. I think getting, finding where you feel like God has called you to be, uh, finding a ministry that you feel that you're gifted at, uh, and then volunteering there. I think that there yeah. uh, are, are many places, even here at Church Unlimited, that you can volunteer, that you can be a part of, uh, and then finding somebody who is better at you at mm-hmm. that job, mm-hmm. you know, at, at that, at the, in that position so that you are able to learn from them, humble yourself, take notes. I think that is the best way that you're able to to really start, okay? And then secondly, I think if ministry, because we all know that ministry doesn't just happen in the building. Right. Ministry is with people. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's so you could be in ministry at the gym. You could be at work. You could do anything like that. I think it's, yeah. it's step one would be loving people. I That's think we good. have to love people. And so I, I would say if you are wanting to be in ministry in any type of way, any type of capacity, I think the first thing that you need to do is make the decision, do I love people? Mm-hmm. Do I love yeah. being around people? Do I love helping people? Because we, we know that ministry is not just the, the church business. It's not just the building. No, It's loving no. people. That's right. Yeah. We're in the yeah. people business. Yeah. That's, That's a good word. So what you're saying basically is it's not what you do yet. It's who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it becomes what yeah. you do. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good word. That's a good good. Word. I don't know when you want to add to that. I think that's just good right <laughs> yeah. there. That's great. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. So this is a tough question. I want to ask this and there's, there's layers to this one. What happens to someone who's never, ever heard about Jesus? And so this kind of goes in two categories. First of all, you got babies, right? Mm-hmm. That, that pass away, never heard about Jesus, obviously. And then also, what about the guy who's somewhere around the world, and they live in some remote village, never heard about Jesus? What, what happens? Do they just go to hell? Like, what's, mm-hmm. what's the deal with that? Yeah, I, I'd like to talk about babies, if that's okay. Okay, sure. You know, uh, pastorally and personally, uh, we've all dealt with that in our, in our mm-hmm. church yeah. communities. And yeah. it's a very, very tough thing to talk about. But personally, I've also been through it with my mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. And I say we have been through it because um, that loss that we uh, encountered was our loss. Mm-hmm. And it was something that we really struggled with. And as we tried to comfort one another and and sought comfort from others, there really is no founding scripture that tells you, hey, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 
And that was really hard to discover that as a believer who, who really believes in God's yeah. goodness, grace, and his mercy. And so one thing I did discover in my time with Tressa as we talked about it was that David, King David, also encountered loss of his own son. Mm -hmm. And when you look at his reaction, his son was seven days old, um, got sick. David knew that this passing was coming. And he literally said, I cannot come to him, but mm -hmm. one day I will. There will be a reward for both of us, and we'll be reunited. It's crazy. And you see that in 2 Samuel. Yes. And yes. so that gives me hope that God's goodness, God's mercy, with this understanding that he will bestow that and give that to little ones. I yeah. really yeah. do believe that. You know, what's, what's great about that too, Paul, is um, the question, the next question theologically that gets asked is, mm -hmm. well, what about the person who's an adult? Mm -hmm. They live in some remote, you know, country. Right. Uh, where there's barely running water, there's no TV, there's no, right? I mean, that does right. exist still. And unconnected people. Group. Unconnected yeah. people. And yeah. then, of course, through history, you know, mm -hmm. the last three, 400 years, right? Someone's lived in the middle of nowhere and sure. they've never heard about Jesus. So are they just going to go sure. to hell? Yeah. Well, the Bible's pretty clear. It actually says that God put eternity in mm -hmm. the hearts of every man. That's right. Yeah. And this is a common Good. thing. We were talking about this. This is so yeah. cool, Paul. We're talking about yeah. how we both know different stories yes. of the same thing. And I'm, I'm, maybe some of you know the story mm -hmm. too. If you talk to missionaries, they will tell, and they all have a different story like this. Mm -hmm. Like I have a friend who is close to the missionary, and his missionary friend was was taking the gospel to a new remote village in the middle of nowhere, right? right. And they shared Christ. And when he did, um, the leader of that village, a tribal leader, came to him with a shocked look on his face, and he said, thank you. Mm -hmm. Now I know the name of the God I met Come on, on a mountain. Wow. wow. So good. I mean, how amazing yeah, is that? That's, that? that's incredible. And so God is going to be revealed yeah. through his yes. creation. That's he down. is going to get yeah. himself revealed right. either way. And I think we can find encouragement in that. So when people say, yes. what about the person who never heard? The answer is, the question's wrong <laughs> because right. everyone gets to hear. That's right. Yeah. And so you That's can right. trust the God to do that. But then I also, yeah. also think we should say, guys, this is why we do what we do, right? right. This Absolutely. is why we yeah. take yeah. the gospel yeah. so that everyone yeah. does get a chance yeah. to Absolutely. hear. And we want to be that instrument to help yeah. them hear about yeah. Christ. I think if anything, it creates that urgency and a mm -hmm. desire because you never locked eyes with anyone who doesn't matter to God, right? Yeah. whether they're eight or 108. That's, that's right. And yeah. so that's why I love when we get to be a part of see change yeah. lives, change right. lives. That's right. Yeah. You know, we've got Christmas coming up. Mm. People are thinking about holidays and yeah. where they're going to go, what to do. But we know the real meaning of that, you know, and that's yes. why I just encourage you, you know, this is simply a great opportunity. People are thinking about the things of God. Mm. Yes. What a great opportunity to invite someone, bring them with you, use your influence to bring them to church and make a huge difference. Absolutely. So, Good stuff. Okay, one last question. We got to wrap it up. So that we we could keep going, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so many things yeah, we can talk fun. about. Yeah. But you guys have been great. Thank you. This is awesome. But here's a great question: um, Are we in the end times? That's a big one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. How many of you guys feel that way? Absolutely. You're like, oh, oh gosh, you yeah. do, don't you? Yeah. So I, I was reading some scripture on this. I want to read this verse, and we can all talk about this. But <clears throat> but this 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 doesn't this sound like the year we live in right now. This is what it says. Mm -hmm. Jesus told him, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yet these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are of my followers and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold wow that sounds like a wow. nation i know yeah. doesn't it i mean and you hear the wars the threats of wars yeah. right 
the famines, the earthquakes. And so I would actually say, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think we could be in the end times. I really do. Now, yeah. I realize mm. people have said that over the centuries. I understand yeah, that. But I mean, if those are the signs, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but, but is there any one sign that jumped out at you from that? I mean, all, all, of, all of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, from the prophecies from the Old Testament to the New Testament, yeah. over 80% have mm-hmm. been fulfilled. Yep. So yeah. we know that those need mm-hmm. to take place yeah. in order for, you know, Jesus to come back. Right. But yep. we're we're yeah. we're getting close. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. think that we're in the end times. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer. You know, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have been, but I'm a believer. I think you are as well. That yeah. it's going to happen in our lifetime. And, yeah. um, you know. It's it can't you know I know we have a lot of work to do a yep, lot of people yep, still yeah. need to be saved and uh, but hey we're we're ready for when it mm-hmm. comes right well it's just it, it it's scary and I don't want to scare people but I think there is a reality to it that you yeah. know the nations will go against each other it'll be like a world war yeah. we think of the allegiances that we make as a way to protect our country but all those allegiances if we're all aligned together and then there's other allegiances all aligned together and they went to war against each other that means the whole world's at war yeah, yeah. so we forget well even though it's a great thing to protect, i think it's smart yeah but it can also be the very catalyst that leads right. to yeah. the the end of it all and so i don't mean to scare anyone but guys this is why we have christ That's amen right. this is why we we know that we are secure in in christ and who he is yeah. so i just want to encourage you you know the thing that popped out of uh, at me the most from that was that that Christians will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't be surprised when you're persecuted for your faith. Don't be surprised when people say, you know, oh, the Bible's hate speech now, and, you know, you, you're, you know, on the wrong side of history, and all this language you're using yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. persecute Christians, you know, yeah. but but instead, let's just stay faithful, trust the Lord, and this is all the more reason to tell more and more people about Christ. That's what we yeah. do. just want to encourage you right now, if you've been watching this and You've been some, some of the questions have been light, you know, some of the questions have been really serious. This is one of those moments I want to encourage you to take take mm. take faith in Christ. He he's the one who will keep you and uh you can trust in him. In fact, right now I want to take a moment and pray for you. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you can give your life to Christ right now. And uh maybe you're already a Christ follower and you've been nervous and scared about what's going on in our world today. Find peace in Christ. So let's bow our heads right now across all of our churches. And uh, those who are watching online with us, you can just pray with us right now. And just, just say to the Lord, God, I just want to thank you that you're in control. Even when things seem out of control, you are still in control, God. And I trust in you. Just find your peace in Christ. If he's got you, he's going to take care of you and your family. Now, you don't know Christ. I can see exactly why you'd be panicked. I can see exactly why you'd be nervous. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know the one who can take care of you. But Christ came and died on the cross for your sins and for mine. You can receive him right now by praying this very simple prayer. Just pray this prayer with us. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around, just lift your hand high right now if you just gave your life to Christ right now. Just, just say, God, I want to thank you that you saved me. Just lift your hand high. Those of you who are watching online, you can put it in the text chat right now. Just text, my hand's raised. We'd love to hear from you right now if you gave your life to Christ. Praise God. Praise God for that decision. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for this time we can just have this discussion. And thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you, that even when things seem crazy, you are still in control. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 And God good. Amen.
His word, is, his word is so true. Go ahead. His word is so true. It is. So here's what I asked uh, our video crew to do. They knew this was coming, but you guys didn't know this was coming. But I want to just take a moment, if I can, and uh, and just and just thank each and every one of you. I know that I get a chance to do this very often, have all of us together. We get together all the time, but there's no one on a camera in front of us when we yeah, get together. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to take a moment, if I can, and just tell you guys how much each and every one of you means to me. And so I just want to talk to the big guy at the end there, Nick. I want to tell you thank you, man, for all that you do. You know, I remember when yeah. God called you in the middle of a hurricane. We said, hey, Nick, can you come out here to Rockport and help us out? And uh, you didn't know, but God was duping you. Yeah. And uh, he was setting you duped. up. And you went out, you did get duped. And we sent you out there. And we, and we were praying, God, please just let, let just touch Nick's heart for this community. And he did. Yeah. Wow. And I remember when you called me and you said, I love these people. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't leave them now. I love them. Yeah. And it's oh, been, it's been so cool. So thank you for that, man. Yes, thank you for your faithfulness. You and Erica mean the world to us, your whole family. Thank you. And just, you know, all, all the things you've been through were totally God setting yeah. you up to be able to minister to people. Yeah. So we, we're really just so incredibly grateful for you. And so really am. So, and Paul, just want to say, man, love you, brother. So love thankful you, for you, man. And, and, uh, you, you've got this great ministry pedigree. You know, you were mm -hmm. at, a, at, at my mentor's church, actually, yes. fellowship church for yeah. how many years are your fellowship church? 13 years. 13 years. I'm going to say you're there a long time. And, yeah. And uh, you entrusted me in the world to us. Mm -hmm. And you took a huge step of faith. You felt God calling you to step yeah. out. Yeah. Didn't even know what that looked like. Nope. You know, it was a little crazy for a couple of years trying to figure yeah. out what God had. <laughs> exactly. Came across our path. And yeah. God, uh, it's just been a God thing ever since. Thank yeah. you for your faithfulness, for your mm -hmm. love, for the next generation, the way you mm -hmm. pour into them, the way you raise mm -hmm. people up. And you entrust our real blessing to all of us. And so and you we're very, as well. very thankful for you, man. I mean that. Mm -hmm. I mean that sincerely. So. Marcus, you came to us from across the world, man. Did. You jumped the pond. Yeah, I did. And uh, <laughs> met your wife there in uh, Long Island, yep. uh, New York, and ended up in California. Yep. And so, and then you ended up in Texas. You came to God's country. I did. And so did. we love that. Man, and we so love <laughs> you're a blessing to us, man. I mean, yeah, I really mean you. that. I love, I love your story. You know, you are a pastor's kid who rebelled. Yep. Then God got a hold of you. <laughs> And God's been using you ever since. You know, one thing I love about you, Marcus, is your diligence. Yeah. Everyone who knows you knows you're one of the most diligent guys. I mean, I just yeah. so faithful. Yeah. You and your wife are like a machine yeah. when it comes to caring for people, loving people. Yeah, thank you. And so just thank you for, man, just for being a part yeah. of what we do here at the broadcast campus. You do, yeah, you do an amazing you. job. Yeah, we so. love it here. It's an honor to be here. Well, we're thankful so for you, man. You. Really, really am. Love, love you, man. I mean that sincerely. So, Chad, man, we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> I'll never forget when you first came here, you and your girlfriend back then, yeah. eventually your wife, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, and I, I love your story, bro. I do. And I know, it, you know, it's, it's hard. I know those six years of brokenness were difficult. Yeah. But wow, has God used that? And just the way you've come into the Padre Island campus, I can't think of a time that I have not been out there that someone has come to me and pulled me aside and said, you have no idea how much Pastor Chad and Amber mean to us. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that, bro. You're doing such an amazing job. You've yeah. just come in there and love those people. And uh, just just really thankful for you, man. Thank you for for being faithful to God. We've moved you around a little bit. You know, I think everyone's experienced that around here. Thank you for your faithfulness and all that. And just you and Amber mean the world to us. Can't wait for this new baby on the way yes. as well. Can't wait. And so just just know you're making a, a huge, huge difference. And so we're thank you for the opportunity yeah. and thank you for giving people second chances. Oh man. Well, you're an amazing example of what God can do. And so I love that, man. Thank Proud you. of you proud of you. Evan, you're our newest member as a campus pastor, Absolutely. and uh, I love you, man. I'm so thankful to have you here, and most people don't know this about you, but I'm going to just tell on you a little bit. You mm -hmm. come from an amazing church background, first mm -hmm. of all. So first of all, your dad's a pastor. Yeah, still, still a faithful still, pastor, a great man of God, and then you ended up at a great church, one of the best churches in the country, actually, mm -hmm. New Spring Church. Mm -hmm. I know you served there as an intern, then you worked for one of the best evangelists, really, in the country, mm -hmm. in Clayton King. 
worked under him. You've traveled with drums, playing, you know, instruments. And so you got a great ministry background. Mm -hmm. But when you got here, you got here and two weeks later, COVID hit. So you literally knew no one in the whole city. You move here and now you're immediately quarantined with everyone else without having a relationship. That took a lot, man, to be faithful during all that. And I I love your story, uh, how God has used you powerfully in students for so long. Mm -hmm. Then we just said, man, we got this opportunity. Would you ever consider you know, helping out, you know, with, with adults, you know, serving in the, in the operations. And you said yes, and you were faithful to that. And then God opened the door, and now you're at Rodfield. And so really thankful to have you and Emily both on the team. Thank you got you, twins. Man. Yes, twin boys. And they're growing fast. They man. are. It's crazy. <laughs> they're three months uh, last week. This so, guy wow. had twins, and right when that happened, we asked you to, to become a campus pastor within weeks of each other. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy life change. So really proud of you, thankful for you. Absolutely. And uh, just, an honor. just thankful really for all that you do. And I, I just want everyone to know like these campus pastors were not chosen randomly it wasn't an accident it every one of you has a god story and you really are the extension of jessica and i in our heart to care for people and we're just so thankful for you guys i mean that you guys are amazing you guys are the navy seals of our ministry making a difference making an impact and uh, just thank you for all that you do we love you guys thank you thank you thank Thank you you, pastor we love you guys well, guys, thanks so much for being with us. It's been a lot of fun. We love you guys. And just know that, um, you know, we found it, we, we find it to be a privilege as pastors to care for you and to shepherd this great church. And ultimately, of course, Christ is the head of his church and we all serve him.